Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge. Thus have I heard once the Blessed One was dwelling in Rajagriha at Vulture Peak Mountain, together with a great gathering of the Sangha of monks and a great gathering of the Sangha of Bodhisattvas. At that time, the Blessed One entered the Samadhi that expresses the Dharma called Profound Illumination. And at the same time, Noble Avokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, while practicing the profound Prajnaparamita, saw in this way. He saw the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Then, through the power of the Buddha, Venerable Shariputra said to Noble Avokiteshvara, Bodhisattva Mahasattva, how should a son or daughter of noble family train who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita? Addressed in this way, Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, said to Venerable Shariputra, O Shariputra, a son or daughter of noble family who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita should see in this way, seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Form is emptiness, emptiness also is form, emptiness is no other than form, form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. Thus, Shariputra, all dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics. There is no cessation. There is no impurity and no purity. There is no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, in emptiness, there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas, no eye, datu, up to no mind, datu, no datu of dharmas, no mind, consciousness, datu, no ignorance, no ignorance, up to no old age and death, no end of old age and death, no suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times by means of Prajnaparamita fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, the mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequal mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth since there is no deception. Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Thus Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, should train in the profound Prajnaparamita. Then the Blessed One arose from that Samadhi and praised Noble Abhuteshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. Blessed One has said this Venerable Shari Putra, Noha Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole assembly in the world, and its gods, humans, asuras, and Gandharvas rejoiced and praised the words of the Blessed One.
So now we are at the beginning of uh, Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment. Uh, and in there, uh, the first uh, part, we find the stanza that says that, uh, um, understand that there are persons of three capacities, small, middling, and great. I shall write clearly defining their characteristics, or I shall define these three clearly. Uh, so this is at the beginning of the text, and this is really a summary of what's to come in the text. Summary of the contents of what's to come in the text. In the beginning of Atisha's Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment, again, it states, understand that there are persons of three capacities, small, middling, and great. I shall write uh, clearly defining their characteristics, or I shall define these three clearly. Uh, and this is referring to the stages of the path uh, for beings of small capacity, stages of the path for beings of medium capacity, and the stages of the path for beings of great capacity. So this is a summary of the contents to come. Chuan 
Okay, so uh, we are on page 86 in the Tibetan and we are on page uh, 129 in the English. Uh, so that's where we're going to begin. Uh, um, but uh, in the begin, Atisha's Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment is the root text, uh, we say, and the commentary on it is uh, this text called The Great Treatise on the Stage of the Path to Enlightenment by Lama Tsongkhapa. Lama Tsongkhapa has, uh, in the beginning of the text, shown an outline of the material to come, and there are four categories that we find in that outline of the material to come. Uh, the first category uh, is the greatness of the teaching's author, in that category, we find the liberation life story of Lord Atisha, the, the life story, his complete life story, uh, his liberation story, it's called. Uh, so that is the first category of content. The second category of content shows the greatness of the teaching uh, itself. And in that category, we find that there are four specific greatnesses uh, that the teaching has. Uh, and we've already completed that section. The third section is the great way to listen to uh, and the great way to explain the teaching. Uh, so this shows uh, what one should do when listening to a teaching uh, and how one should compose him or herself when actually giving the teaching or giving the instruction. Uh, so this is the third category. And then the, first, the fourth category is where we actually are currently, and it's uh, um, how to lead students in the actual instructions. Uh, so in that section under how to lead students in the actual instructions, uh, there are uh, two categories. The first category is uh, how to rely upon the teacher that is the root of the path. Uh, and then uh, we've already completed that section. And then after that, it's uh, uh, how having once relied upon the teacher, uh, one should conduct him or herself, or how uh, he or she would engage it in the stages of the path. Uh, so uh, there are two categories uh, under uh, that second section of the fourth category. And the first category is an exhortation to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity. Uh, and in that section, we find uh, three specific categories. The category of the identification or the definition of leisure and opportunity, where it shows that there are eight leisures and ten opportunities, five pertaining to oneself, five pertaining to others. Uh, and then secondly, the, dip, the great importance of a life of leisure and opportunity or the great meaning of a life of leisure and opportunity. And then third, the difficulty of obtaining a life of leisure and opportunity. So these are the three categories under that first section, the exhortation to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity. Uh, then, uh, uh, so we've gone through that. And then the next section is on uh, how to actually take advantage of that life of leisure and opportunity. Uh, and uh, that's where we currently are. Uh, so how one actually takes advantage of that specific uh, life. Uh, and then uh, in that 
section, there are two categories, uh, how to develop uh, certain knowledge about a general presentation of the path, and then the actual way to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity. So that's where we currently are. It's on page 129 uh, in the English and 86 in the Tibetan. Chibu in this section, excuse me, on uh, how to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity, we find uh, two specific categories: the how to develop certain knowledge about a general presentation of the path, uh, and then the actual way. Uh, to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity. So these are the, the two categories under uh, this how to develop certain knowledge and this general presentation of the path. Um, uh, I'm sorry, uh, <coughs> yes, how to take full advantage of the life of leisure and opportunity. So uh, the first section, how to develop certain knowledge about a general presentation of the path, 
has two categories. The first category is how all scriptures are included within the pass of uh, three types of persons. Uh, and then the second category is why students are led in stages using the trainings of three types of persons. So what is the reason? Uh, why is this? Uh, so if we begin in the first category, it's how all scriptures are included uh, within the uh, teachings for beings of, or pre, I'm sorry, for the, within the paths of three types of persons. Uh, so here, uh, the, when we're talk, speaking of scriptures, we're speaking of the Kongjur, the pronouncements of Lord Buddha, and the Tanjur, the authentic Indian commentaries. So uh, if, when we look at the first part of uh, Atisha's lamp, it's probably only two sentences where it summarizes all of this, where it says, understand that there are persons of three capacities, small, middling, uh, and great, I shall write clearly, defining their characteristics. So here we find only uh, two sentences or so, and it summarizes all of the contents of the Kangjur and Tanjur. Uh, so, the, within this section on how all scriptures are included within the paths of three types of persons, uh, there are six points that are made uh, by Lama Tsongkhapa in that section. Uh, and then the first point deals with that first quote uh, and the, the actual uh, summary of uh, all of the scriptures that says, understand that there are persons of three capacities, small, middling, and great, I shall write clearly defining their characteristics. So here, this first category or first point that's made is that all scriptures are included uh, within the, these paths uh, for the beings of three types of capacity. Um, the, so um, uh, then the second category deals with the uh, um, small uh, teachings for beings of small capacity with specificity. The, sec the third category deals with the teachings for beings of medium capacity with specificity. And then the fourth deals with the uh, teachings for beings of great capacities uh, with specificity. Then uh, the fifth point that's made uh, is uh, who, where is the source material for this information? Who said these things? Uh, and then it shows that the Buddha stated these things and other uh, great beings such as the Master Asanga and so forth. So this is the fifth point. And then the sixth point shows the two different kinds of uh, uh, categories within the small scope, how there are the teachings for beings of small capacity and then those that are shared in common with beings of small capacity. So those that are specific to the person of the small scope and then those that are shared in common with him or her. Um, and when we look at those specific categories of small, medium, and a person of small capacity, a person of medium capacity, a person of great capacity, a person of small capacity is a person who engages in the pathway which leads to the higher realms. Uh, so this is a person of small capacity. Uh, a person of uh, medium capacity is one that engages, in, is a person that engages in the pathway which leads to liberation and nirvana. And within that, there are two categories of beings or persons. Hearers, or shravakas, and solitary realizers, or prachika buddhas. Uh, so there are two categories. And then the, the uh, uh, teachings for beings of great capacity deal with uh, those uh, persons who engage in the pathways such as bodhicitta and so forth that lead to complete Buddhahood. Uh, so, and this is the great vehicle or the Mahayana path. Uh, so these are referring to the three different types of paths. Those paths that lead to the higher realms, those that lead to nirvana, and those that lead to complete Buddhahood. So that is what the uh, small, medium, and great refer to. Uh, and that uh, is, all those points are described uh, in, within these six different points that are made under the 
um, the subcategory of the general presentation of the path called uh, how all scriptures are included within uh, the paths of three types of persons. So some doubt may arise uh, where one might say, is this possible? Why uh, can beings achieve rebirth into the higher realms, achieve uh, nirvana? Why can they achieve Buddhahood? Uh, and the reason for this potential is the fact that all sentient beings, all beings possess Buddha nature or Buddha potential. And there are two different types of Buddha uh, potential or Buddha nature. The Tathagata essence and the natural uh, nature, the, uh, the natural occurring nature. Uh, so first, if we look at the es Tathagata essence or the Buddha, uh, the thus gone essence, uh, then we'll find that uh, this is referring to the mental consciousness. If we look at the different types of consciousness, there are six types of consciousness. Eye consciousness, ear consciousness, nose consciousness, tongue consciousness, tactile consciousness, and mental consciousness. And it is in the mental consciousness that we are stating that this Buddha nature abides, or this Buddha potential uh, is present. Uh, and it's because the mental consciousness has the ability to achieve the state of all knowing, has the ability to abandon all of the misdeeds within it, uh, just like a cloth that is stained, uh, has the ability to be cleansed. The mind is in the nature, defined by that which is in the nature of clear light and unsullied or unstained. Uh, so like a cloth, those stains uh, can be removed. So the mental consciousness is the first proof of the Buddha potential or the Buddha nature. So it is the non-mistaken consciousness within the mental consciousness that we are stating is that Buddha potential or that Buddha nature. It's not the mistaken consciousness uh, that's contained uh, within it. So because one can apply an antidote to the negativities, the potential exists for one to achieve rebirth in the higher realms. The potential exists for one to achieve nirvana or liberation. The potential exists to achieve uh, complete Buddhahood. Because one can apply an antidote to that which keeps one from that state. Uh, so because that potential is there, because the mental consciousness uh, can be cleansed, 
uh, it is stated that uh, this is the Tathagata essence, this is the, the Buddha essence that everyone possesses because he or she has this mental consciousness that is defined in that way. So the mental consciousness is similar to gold when one harvests it or uh, mines it, rather. Uh, when you first get the gold, it's very dirty, uh, and you have to break off rock fragments and so forth to be able to get to the true essence of what that gold is. But once it's refined, once all of the processes are done, and the gold is, is cleansed of its impurities, then it can be made into various types of jewelry and earrings and so forth. So like the mind is like that. It's like a, a gold that can be... Uh, that The gold is there, it just has the defilements need to be removed. Or the dirt, or stains. So, the second, uh, um, uh, the natural uh, lineage, uh, the, the nature, uh, um, when we look at all phenomena, all phenomena are necessarily not truly established. The mind is not truly established. Consciousness not truly established. Uh, not truly established because of dependent origination. Uh, de because uh, things dependently originate, they are necessarily not truly established. But it is the grasping at the eye as being truly established, the grasping at the mind as being truly established, uh, that is the root of cyclic existence. That is the mi mistaken view uh, that causes the afflictions, karma, and then uh, the suffering of cyclic existence. Uh, and it is a mistaken view in the same way that one uh, could mistake a rope and believe it's a snake in a dark room. And the only thing that will rid uh, the uh, um, uh, person who has that mistaken view of his or her reaction is the non-mistaken view that it is a rope. And likewise, the uh, antidote or the opponent to the mistaken view that grasps at the eye as being truly established, that grasps at the mind as being truly established, is the recognition that the mind and the eye are not truly established because they dependently originate. So when one recognizes the lack of true establishment of the consciousness uh, and so forth, this grasping which is the root of negativity begins to be abandoned uh, and then one gets rid of the afflictions uh, and therefore gets rid of the actions that the afflictions influence and then the suffering that the actions create, uh, the suffering of cyclic existence. And then uh, this is the reason that the Buddha potential, one can achieve this Buddhahood. Uh, because uh, this all is possible. 
so if one mistakes a rope for a snake, uh, and then a fear can arise uh, because of a fear of, of being bitten, of being struck. Uh, but if someone comes in and says, oh, don't be scared, just go for refuge to Buddha or go for refuge to God, uh, this isn't really going to help. What will help is knowing what it is. <coughs> What will help that, what will remove that fear is the recognition that the rope is a rope and it is not a snake. Then it's immediately removed. Likewise, uh, the uh, understanding that phenomena are not truly established necessarily serves as an opponent to, or the only opponent to, the grasping at phenomena as being truly established. Uh, so once one starts to recognize the lack of true establishment of phenomena in the mind and so forth, then slowly the grasping is lessened, and that which the grasping creates, uh, the, the afflictions, the karma and suffering and so forth, can eventually be eradicated, and then one can eventually, through progressive stages of achieving the, uh, through the stages of achieving uh, through the experiences of achieving rebirth in the higher realms and the achie uh, achieving liberation or nirvana, uh, eventually achieve the state of complete Buddhahood. Uh, so this is potential is there by getting rid of the mistaken view, which keeps one from those potentialities, those po that potential. What the Julian or you think of the Zuzonko the treasures of the Jinier measures, Zuzonko the treasures of the Zonjus, and the Okay, I was, uh, in the, Rinpoche did a quote from the Buddha nature, uh, Maitreya's uh, um, sublime continuum text, uh, and was stating that uh, uh, it was in the section under the proof of the Buddha potential, uh, and the lack of true establishment uh, of the Buddha's mind uh, is the same lack of true establishment that we possess. Uh, so therefore, we possess the same potential or ability that the Buddha uh, himself or herself, so, uh, in cases, uh, possess. Uh, so at the break, maybe I can find the exact quote, because the root text is right here. 
uh, so it, uh, it's basically proving that we have this potential. So the potential of the higher realms, liberation, and Buddhahood is true. It's established. So in the same way that the Buddha meditated on the lack of true establishment of his uh, mind, and then through that process was able to get rid of the afflictive obstructions, as well as the obstructions to omniscience, which are the imprints of the afflictive obstructions. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, so... Uh, because he was able to remove these by meditating on the lack of true establishment of uh, his mind, we have the same lack of true establishment of, of our mind and can do so to meditate in the same way and then remove those afflictive obstructions as well as their imprints uh, that are the obstructions to our omniscience. So, all sentient beings have this mind, and the mind of all sentient beings is necessarily not truly established. Therefore, this Buddha potential, or this existence of Buddha, is present within all sentient beings, so therefore all religious all practitioners of all religious traditions. So, if one is a Christian, he or she has this existence of Buddha, if one is Hindu, this uh, Buddha existence is, uh, I'm trying to translate it as uh, literally as possible, it's like the existence of Buddha. Uh, or, and if one is Jewish, then there is this Buddha existence. Uh, so because of the Buddha potential, all of these beings have this Buddha existence, or Buddha essence is, is translated as essence uh, sometimes, or, or this essence of Buddha. What that so this is why uh, uh, in the beginning where Atisha states that understand that there are persons of three capacities, small, middling, and great, I shall write clearly identifying their characteristics. Uh, he pre presented these three different pathways, and these three different pathways uh, are, uh, um, can be traversed by all sentient beings. Uh, in the beginning of this section, we find, uh, if we were to summarize it, uh, we would find the, the fact that the Buddha first achieved the mind that aspires to enlightenment and then engaged in the collection of method, uh, merit, uh, and wisdom for three countless eons. 
uh, and then after achieving the state of complete enlightenment, uh, turned the wheel of Dharma uh, three separate times for sentient beings. Uh, and so all of these activities that the Buddha Shakyamuni engaged in were for the sake of sentient beings, for, were for the purpose of all sentient beings. So they were for uh, the purpose of achieving two specific goals uh, for all sentient beings. Buddha's uh, wish was for sentient beings to... Uh, Buddha's, all Buddha's actions were for uh, the goal of sentient beings being able to achieve high status, uh, which rebirth into the higher realms, and, and then certain goodness, uh, which is the secondary uh, uh, form of, of uh, result of happiness. And certain goodness has two categories, uh, the teachings for beings of medium capacity that lead to nirvana or liberation, the teachings for beings of great capacity uh, uh, lead to Buddhahood. So certain goodness has two categories, and high status uh, uh, refers to rebirth in the higher realm. So all of the Buddhist teachings were for, the, for this purpose, for beings to achieve these different types of happiness, these goals, these, these results. Mm. So uh, this is where, uh, if we, uh, uh, there is a summary of the meaning of understand that there are persons of three capacities, small, middling, and great. I shall write clearly, identifying their characteristics. So this is a summary of what that means, and that's the first point we find within uh, this section uh, among the six. So here first we have that first point we just went over, and then the next three points is a little more of an extensive explanation of each of those categories. So the second point, more extensive explanation of the small teachings for beings of small capacity. The third point, more extensive explanation of the teachings for beings of medium capacity. And then the fourth point, the more extensive explanation of the teachings for beings of great capacity. Then the uh, fifth category is the origin of such teachings, uh, the uh, origin. Uh, and then the sixth category deals with uh, the two different divisions of uh, excuse me, the teachings uh, for beings of small capacity, those that are uh, specific for those beings and those that are shared in common. So there's two categories among within them. Mm-hmm. Kaji 
So the, the quote in the lamp for the path to enlightenment that then deals specifically with the person of small uh, teachings for beings of small capacity is this is this quote. Know to be least those persons who diligently strive to attain solely the joys of cyclic existence by any means for their, their welfare alone. So if we look at the words, here, persons here means that it's a specific, it has to be a being, a person, a kansak. Uh, so it's a, a de a, definitely a person who engages in this specific thing. Uh, and it says by any means, so engages in a method to achieve uh, a certain goal. And the goal here that this person uh, has is to solely attain, uh, uh, attain solely the joys of cyclic existence. Uh, so here if we look at and by any means for their welfare alone. So it says there's a, the, a person of least capacity is a person who diligently strives to attain solely the joys of cyclic existence by any means for their welfare alone. So what are the means for achieving uh, the joys of cyclic existence? What are the joys of cyclic existence referring to? These are referring to the higher realms of cyclic existence. So the, the means for th that one uh, uh, engages in, or the method, uh, it are the, the practices which are the pathways which lead to the higher realms. And those, path, those practices are in, uh, going for refuge to the three jewels of the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, engaging in ethics, which is an abandonment of the ten non-virtuous activities, uh, and if one has engaged in negativity, acknowledging uh, his or her uh, downfall or negativity. Uh, so this is the means for the achievement of uh, the joys of cyclic existence. And this is what a person of small capacity does or practices. So, in dependence upon the pathway or the cause of going for refuge in the three jewels, engaging in the ethics, which is the abandonment of the ten non-virtues, uh, and acknowledging one's downfalls, one is able to achieve a state of uh, higher realm uh, rebirth. Uh, solely, so only able to achieve this. Uh, so that's only what they're looking to achieve, joys of cyclic existence, nothing more uh, for their welfare alone. So these are the means for that achievement. So uh, the, the, in the Tibetan, the, the words are a little difficult. Uh, it's the person's met, uh, engage in these means or method, and these means have commentary within them and are referring to the practices which are the pathways which lead to the higher realms. So these are what means is referring to. That's 
So in this uh, section we find there are two categories of small capacity. Uh, small capacity that is specific to uh, the pathways which are for beings of small capacity uh, and then those which are shared in common with beings of small capacity. Uh, so the, uh, uh, the, the teachings here, or scriptures here, uh, are referring to uh, uh, the pronouncements uh, of Lord Buddha. Uh, and here, underneath the, and within the pronouncements of Lord Buddha, we find there are three specific turnings of the wheel of Dharma. The first turning of the wheel of Dharma of the Four Noble Truths, the second turning of the wheel of Dharma of the Heart Sutra, and the third turning of the wheel of Dharma called the Wheel of Good Differentiation. Uh, so, in this first turning of the wheel of Dharma, uh, the Buddha stated that this is the superior truth of suffering, this is the superior truth of origin, this is the superior truth of cessation, this is the, the superior truth of path. Then he stated that suffering is to be understood, origin is to be abandoned, cessation achieved, etc. Uh, so this turning of the wheel of Dharma could be called uh, turning of the wheel of Dharma that is shared in common with beings of small and medium capacity. Uh, so this specific turning of the wheel of Dharma, if it was categorized, would be categorized by uh, those uh, in common with those two specific categories of teachings. What is the if we were to look at the uh, Four Noble Truths and look at the teachings for beings of small capacity in relation to those Four Truths, we would say that this is a coarse uh, way of looking at the Four Truths. If we were to look at this, the suffering to understand, it would be the suffering of the lower realms. If we were looking at the origin that's to be abandoned, it would be the uh, propelling karma or the throw, the, penji, the uh, throwing karma uh, that uh, um, creates the experience of the lower realms. Uh, if we were looking at what the uh, pathway is, we would say the pathway is going for refuge in the three jewels, the, uh, uh, engaging the ethics, which is the abandonment of the ten non-virtues, and then acknowledging one's downfalls. Pathway, the pathway which leads to the higher realms, and then the cessation would be the abandonment of the lower realms and the achievement of the higher realms. So uh, if we were to look at uh, the small scope, uh, and look at the in relation to the Four Noble Truths, we would say this is a very coarse or rough way to look at it, the coarse form, it's as opposed to subtle. Uh, 
that we engage in actions uh, and accumulate misdeeds and virtues through our body, speech, and mind. So when we're looking at the ten non-virtues and so forth, we're engaging in these through our three specific ways, through our body, through our speech, through our mind. And both virtue and non-virtue have three specific degrees uh, 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 related to them. So there is the greatest degree of non-virtue, which creates rebirth into the hell realm, the medium degree of non-virtue, which creates rebirth into the hungry ghost realm, and a small degree of non-virtue, which creates rebirth into the animal realm. And likewise, virtue also has degrees. The greatest degree of virtue gives rise to rebirth into the um, God's realm. A medium degree of virtue gives rise to rebirth into the demigod's realm. And then a small degree of virtue gives rise to rebirth into the uh, uh, human realm. Uh, so we can see then also how these different realms and experiences are created uh, by our actions and their degrees. Degrees. So the ten non-virtuous activities are the pathways which lead to the lower realms, and the ten virtuous activities are the pathways which lead to the higher realms. But if we accumulate uh, misdeeds, uh, we can purify them, so we needn't uh, worry. They can be purified. We find in uh, Nagarjuna's letter to a friend the examples of Angumala, uh, who engaged in great misdeeds and was able to uh, um, uh, purify those misdeeds through acknowledgement of downfalls. so when we uh, now we'll arrive at when we're looking at scriptures we have to then uh, look at what scripture is referring to uh, and scripture and, and what uh, then when we're looking at that then we look at the actual turning of the wheel of Dharma uh, so there are two different uh, categories of turning of the wheel of Dharma there is the scriptural turning of the wheel of Dharma and the realizational uh, turning of the wheel of Dharma. Uh, so the scriptural turning of the wheel of Dharma, uh, if we, uh, I'm sorry, we look, the Buddha's scriptural turning of the wheel of Dharma refers to that which is the Buddha's speech or Buddha's pronouncements. Uh, so uh, Heart Sutra, for instance, uh, uh, is an example of a Buddha's pronouncement, which is a, a, a scriptural turning of the wheel of Dharma. Buddha's scriptural turning of the wheel of Dharma. Uh, if we look at the Buddha's uh, uh, realizational turning of the wheel of Dharma, this would be referring to the various pathways. Uh, in the Heart Sutra, we find uh, the mantra, Teata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoha, that's referring to the five pathways. And pathways are referring to those of the hearers, uh, Shravakas, solitary realizers, Pratyana Buddhas, uh, and the Bodhisattvas, the Bodhisattva Yana. Uh, so here, 
these pathways are what are uh, are, uh, are are the uh, Buddha's realizational turning of the wheel. What the true what the custom how much in the civil was how much in the end is. So uh, previously we uh, um, gave this instruction and I heard it and it's the same. So now uh, we'll move on to the uh, third category, uh, which is referring, uh, the third category, which is the uh, medium, teaching shared uh, for beings of medium capacity. The next section deals with the teachings for uh, beings of medium capacity. And it begins by stating there are uh, two kinds of certain goodness. The liberation that is freedom from cyclic existence and the sublime state uh, of omniscience. Uh, so, uh, earlier we found that uh, the Buddha uh, engaged in all of his activities for the purpose or for the sake of all sentient beings. Uh, and Should I stop? Uh, we're good. It's for the sake or purpose of all sentient beings. And there are, uh, when we look at for the sake or for the purpose, uh, there are two different categories of uh, 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 goals or purposes, if you will. First is uh, for sentient beings to be able to achieve high status, uh, and high status is referring to rebirth into the higher realms, and these would be in the teachings for beings of small capacities, the pathways uh, which lead to the higher realms, uh, and then certain goodness. Uh, and certain goodness has two categories, uh, liberation or nirvana, uh, which would be for the lesser vehicle practitioner of the Shravaka or Prachika Buddha, here a solitary realizer, uh, and then omniscience. So, First, we're dealing with the uh, uh, certain goodness of liberation, which categorically uh, falls under the medium scope. Uh, so, uh, the teachings for beings of medium capacity, uh, and that's where we've arrived at the section on that. That's go to check set Jago. Okay, so decent. Okay. So in the uh, category of certain goodness, which is uh, under the teachings for beings of medium capacity, uh, we find that the teachings for the hearers uh, and the teachings for the solitary realizers, those practitioners of the lesser vehicle or Hinayana. Okay. Dead school.
30 in the English text and the section under the medium scope. There are two kinds of certain goodness. The liberation that is mere freedom from cyclic existence and the sublime state of omniscience. Many of the Buddha's statements pertain to the vehicle of the Prachika Buddha and the Shravaka. All these statements are included in the teachings for a person of actual medium capacity or the teachings shared with such a person because uh, a person shared with such a person. So here, uh, this is showing that there are two types of certain goodness. Uh, and the first type of certain goodness, liberation or nirvana, uh, refers to the realizations of the uh, Hinayana practitioners uh, within the medium scope or the teachings shared in common with beings of medium capacity. And those practitioners are the hearers, which are shravakas, and the uh, solitary realizers, prachika buddhas. Uh, so these are the two categories of uh, practitioners we find within the medium scope. So, the lesser vehicle practitioner is called lesser because their thinking is not very broad or vast. They're thinking of, there are two types of liberation. There's the liberation that one wishes for him or herself alone, uh, and then there's the liberation that wishes for others uh, to achieve the state of liberation as well. Uh, so, this first type of uh, liberation uh, for oneself alone is referring to the Hinayana liberation because uh, the, ex the uh, achievement of happiness for other sentient beings isn't uh, a concern. Uh, the uh, eradication of suffering for sentient beings isn't a concern. This is a being who wishes to achieve the state of liberation for him or herself alone. And because other sentient beings' purpose uh, isn't part of the motivation. It's considered lesser vehicle, or, and it's called Hinayana. Uh, so it's for that reason that it's labeled as such. Uh, and these are uh, two categories. There are two categories of this, the hearers uh, and the solitary realizers. And uh, they are able to get rid of the afflictive obstructions, which keep one from liberation, but not the obstructions to omniscience, not the uh, imprints of those, not, so therefore not able to achieve uh, the all-knowing uh, state of mind.
Ta So the uh, two categories of Hinayana or lesser vehicle are hearers and solitary realizers. And those uh, two types of practitioners have some differences. And the differences depend upon the tenet system from which is explaining the differences. So in the tenets in the uh, um, uh, middle way autonomy school and the mind only school, uh, it is stated that the uh, Prachika Buddha actually gets rid of the grasping at phenomena as being truly established, uh, whereas the uh, um, uh, hearer's vehicle uh, merely gets rid of the root, six root afflictions and the 20 secondary afflictions. So. Uh, according to the uh, um, mind-only school and the middle-way autonomy school, there is this uh, belief. And the middle-way autonomy school having a little bit more of a subtle uh, um, view of what the uh, Prachika Buddha uh, is able to uh, get rid of. Um, but according to the Madhyamika school, uh, the middle-way consequence school, rather, uh, the, they, the statement of realization uh, um, doesn't come into play, or, or rather they, they don't assert that the realization is different. The same thing is eradicated for the hearer and the solitary realizer, which is the grasping at true establishment, which is the afflictive obstruction. Uh, so uh, that which 
keeps obstructs one from liberation, the afflictive obstruction. So according to the middle way consequence school, the difference between the two beings is that the hearers rely upon a teacher and the solitary realizers at the, the path of meditation uh, no longer need a teacher and actually see a teaching that is being given, for instance, if one was being given an, an impermanence, as something which gets in the way of their single-pointed concentration or disturbs their single-pointed concentration, concentration uh, and is no, of no use. They're able to emanate things such as engulfing themselves in flames and, and drowning in water and so forth in order for them to realize impermanence from their own side without having to have the input of a teacher uh, being given over and over again. So at a stage, they're able to no longer uh, have to have a teacher and be able to, from their side, uh, generate the realizations through their single-pointed concentration. Uh, but the hearer needs to have the input of a teacher constantly in order to progress through the stages of the path. So in the Madhyamika Prasangika school, the, the difference is in terms of the uh, dull and sharp faculties, where it says that the Prachika Buddha has much sharper faculties or more intelligence than the hearer does. So this is what the middle way school states the difference between these two are, whereas the other schools around the uh, autonomy and so forth believe that the abandonments are different. One of the Prachika Buddha abandons the grasping at phenomena as being truly established, and the hearer merely gets rid of the uh, uh, grasping at, at, at establishment and the six root and twenty secondary afflictions. Oh,しゃさ。ちんぐ。ちんさ。ガル。ゲガンジョ。それだけは、そうしょうがんじゃ、しゃ。そうしょうがんじゃ、だまで。ラジェルトナジョナトナゴナモロラタワトゥトナロ
is that first is, is in the learning stages of the teachings, uh, this Prachika Buddha. So he hears some input of the teaching. Uh, he or she hears the input of the teaching. Then the second type of Prachika Buddha is one that has understood it already uh, and no longer needs the input whatsoever uh, of uh, information. Uh, already has all of the information and from his or her own side is able to uh, um, uh, realize it uh, uh, from his or her own side uh, realize it. So uh, these, there are these two different types of Prashika Buddhas but the uh, real uh, point of difference is that the uh, um, Prachika Buddha is more uh, uh, intelligent than the hearer. So if we are looking at the the two, and looking at the main difference between these two, we would say that it is in terms of intelligence uh, uh, and ability. And the, the specific names of those two, I'd, I'd have to look up. But. Oh, well, collection is the first one, I just don't know what the second one is. ネトゥタラジェトゥソカンリチェバラスナトゥアンチョバラストゥアンチョバラストゥアンチョソンアネラマンコバラテネネラジェゲラトゥトゥバラスネトゥサンジェネトゥアンチェサンジェカンリ
Oma Juvate, Pergi Dulci Juvate, Nato Lotta Alci Juvates. But the Nimata Tragic Jotelatan, Nature Swanjin Din and Swanjis, Rajel Swanjin Din Sajas. Rajel Swanjin Din and the Dig Maradona, Nature Swanjin Chungu in Batistan. Swanjin Chungu there's different uh, <coughs> uh, um, translations uh, of, from the Indian there into Tibetan. And Natsu Lotsawa's uh, translation is the best. Uh, uh, did I say translations of the uh, commentary on the Compendium of the Middle Way, Chandrakirti's uh, commentary on the Root Wisdom text? Uh, is what we're talking about. Uh, if I didn't, that was where the quote was from before. I don't remember if I mentioned that because I was absorbed in finding the quote. Uh, but the Natsu uh, Lotsawas um, is the best translation because here, where it says those halfway to Buddhahood, uh, in uh, texts, it, it says in the Tibetan, really, medium Buddhas. Uh, the word din, medium or middle, uh, is used. Here it's translated as halfway to Buddhahood. But in the, t the Tibetan, it literally says those medium Buddhas. And Natsu Lotsawa says that this is not a good way of stating it, because when now there's different divisions of Buddhas, there's a, a small kind of Buddha, and a medium kind of Buddha, and a great kind of Buddha. So he says that saying that Sanjay Din, a medium Buddha, is an inaccurate way uh, to translate what was being meant uh, in the uh, Tibetan text. So... Who knows? I don't know the source of this specific one uh, at this moment, but uh, that word halfway in the Tibetan that Rinpoche was quoting uh, is really medium, meaning a medium Buddha, uh, and Natsu Lotsawa says this is a wrong way to translate that uh, because that's not, there is no such thing. <laughs> ジャマタ、パサジャマタ、ロザワ。パサ。パサ、ロザワ。パサ、ナロマミジャマタ。パサ。ロザワ。オッケー。ジャマタ。ロザワ。オッケー。ジャマタ。ロザワ。オッケー
So here, uh, the, the teachings uh, that are uh, given are either those teachings for a beating, uh, it says all these statements are included in the teachings for a person of actual medium capacity or the teachings shared with such a person. Uh, um, because here, at the, the Four Noble Truths, we find that to be stated that this is a teaching for peace, persons of medium capacity for the lesser vehicle. But if we look at the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, we find the same contents included within it. So in the Four Noble Truths teaching, uh, we find contents or uh, material. And then in the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge teaching, we find the Four Noble Truths. We find the Twelve Links of Dependent Origination. So these are teachings that are shared in common uh, um, with uh, all of the different pathways. Uh -huh. <coughs> So within the teachings for beings of medium capacity, there are the, uh, they are from the turnings of the wheel of Dharma. So there is the scriptural turning of the wheel of the uh, medium scope Dharma, and then there is the realizational turning of the wheel of the medium scope Dharma. And likewise, uh, uh, the great scope, uh, our teachings for beings of great capacity, has the uh, um, uh, scriptural uh, turning of the wheel of Dharma and the realizational turning of the wheel of Dharma. So all of these, the small, the medium, and the great scope, all have these two, two, two uh, found within them. The, uh, turnings of the wheel, two kinds of turnings of the wheel of Dharma. And if it is the uh, uh, um, scriptural, uh, we can say that it's the sutras or the actual pronouncements, and then the realizational, we're referring to the pathways contained within those. Dungi <laughs> Sebal 
Dabai Yuvarız. Değil içe doğa. Ana konağı bulunduk entele. Çıbın diyin sığırız. O zaman da. So I'm just going to read through uh, uh, to the quote. Um, because persons of medium capacity develop disenchantment with all cyclic existence and then make their goal their own liberation from cyclic existence, they then enter the path of the three trainings, the method for attaining liberation. And then the quote from the Lamb for the Path to Enlightenment. Those persons are called medium who stop sinful actions and turn their backs on the joys of cyclic existence and diligently strive just for their own peace. So within the medium scope or the teachings for beings of medium capacity, renunciation or the desire to definitely emerge becomes the very important, the main basis. Uh, one needs to emerge from the various, want to emerge from the various forms of suffering found within cyclic existence the eight types of suffering, the six types of suffering, the three types of suffering. So all of these types of suffering that are found within cyclic existence is, are the objects of abandonment for the being of medium capacity. So it says they stop the sinful, uh, they tur turn their backs on the joys of cyclic existence. They wish to definitely emerge from cyclic existence and diligently strive for their own peace. So they wish to achieve liberation for themselves alone, for their own uh, peace, for their own sake, uh, not looking towards others. Uh, so a person who engages in that uh, pathway, uh, a pathway to achieve that goal, uh, is called a person of medium capacity. Quality, so the person uh, uh, being or person of medium capacity uh, would be a person uh, in the medium scope, those practitioners of the hearers and the solitary realizers uh, vehicle. This is a person who recognizes the two causal relationships contained within the Four Noble Truths. The first relationship between the, uh, where the Buddha stated that this is the superior truth of suffering, that this is the superior truth of origin. Uh, this, these two show how one is bound to cyclic existence. Uh, and then the Buddha stated that this is the superior truth of cessation and this is the superior truth of path. And these uh, two truths uh, show how one is free from cyclic existence or how one can emerge from cyclic existence. So uh, if one wishes to be free from uh, the suffering of cyclic existence, then he or she must abandon the origin by engaging in a path which allows him or her to arrive at the goal of cessation or liberation. And that path is referring to the three highest higher trainings. Okay, 
So the lesser vehicle practitioner who is a, a person of medium capacity gets rid of his or her afflictions by engaging in uh, practices of the three highest higher trainings. First, the basis of the ethics of renunciation, uh, and then the uh, concentration uh, uh, and wisdom. So the uh, and concentration is a calm abiding, which utilizes as its object of observation uh, emptiness, and the uh, um, at wisdom is the special insight. So there's a union of calm abiding and special insight that has as their object of observation emptiness. And that emptiness that is um, uh, being referred to is the emptiness presented in the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, where we find there is no this, there is no that, no eye, no ear, no nose. This is referring to the lack of true establishment of these things, the emptiness. So this is the object of observation uh, of these uh, uh, calm abiding and special insight. And the reason for the lack of true establishment presented in the sutra is dependent origination. So because of dependent origination, these things are not truly established. So through reliance upon the three highest higher trainings, uh, one is able to end uh, the afflictions and achieve the state of liberation according to the vehicle that uh, he or she is practicing in, whether hearers or solitary realizers in this specific case of the medium scope. で、ちゃんしさんのがりで。就是這麼的。Jedo, so in Chandrakirti's com commentary on the compendium uh, introduction to the middle way or commentary on the Moya Madhyamika Karika Nagarjuna's root wisdom text we find the, a quote that states that the, uh, it is the afflictive intelligence that uh, uh, is the fault uh, that grasps that true establishment that creates the origin of suffering. Uh, therefore, the yogi abandons such things. The, the yogi abandons this grasping because uh, the fault of it is that it creates suffering. Uh, so, 
Um, it is the uh, grasping um, at the true establishment uh, that creates cyclic existence. But uh, if one is able to um, get rid of uh, grasping at the ph phenomena as being truly established by utilizing uh, a, a union of calm abiding and special insight that has as its object of observation emptiness and the recognition that things are not truly established that serves as an opponent to the mistaken view that sees things as being truly established uh, um, one is able to get rid of the afflictive intelligence and achieve a state of liberation according to the, the medium scope uh, it is uh, the grasping at true establishment uh, that creates uh, the afflictions that creates the uh, um, uh, karma or negative karma uh, that is the cause of cyclic existence. So by applying an antidote or an opponent that recognizes the lack of true establishment of these things, uh, one is able to get rid of uh, um, uh, um, the mistaken view that causes what uh, Chandrakirti calls the fault, and that is the fault of the various types of suffering, the eight types of suffering, the six types of suffering, the three types of suffering. ดิเบลเลดูวาเรสดิเบลเลดูวาเชกวาเรสเลสเลดูเนกจุญโมบกุญโมปวาเรสดูเนเชบาชากุญโมปวาเรสดูเนกมาเรสเลสเลดูเน
uh, and it says that these beings uh, do so in order to achieve, you know, uh, um, transcend cyclic existence or emerge from it uh, for themselves alone. So it says, just for their own, they diligently strive just for their own peace. Uh, they diligently strive not for others' peace, but for only their own peace, uh, for their own nirvana or their own liberation. Uh, so they uh, abandon the origin uh, in order to achieve uh, that which is their own peace or nirvana. Uh, so developing renunciation uh, and then abandoning the truth of origin in order to achieve a state of cessation. So this is the uh, section on the medium scope and the third point that's made. I was enjoying the fun. So now, uh, maybe if anyone has any questions, we can. Uh, uh, we have a uh, maybe five minutes or so, four or five minutes. I was just wondering when um, equanimity arises. Mm -hmm. Does it arise? After um, if someone realizes emptiness, would equanimity arise after the realization of emptiness, or could it arise before equanimity like no um, as I understand it, equanimity, no um, negative feelings towards others or no uh, strong attachment towards others. Mm -hmm. Just equanimity towards, loving equanimity towards everyone. So do you need to have the realization of emptiness before equanimity or can equanimity come before realization of emptiness? Perfect. Tambo. <laughs> The Danyom J Tudu Doni Dopi Share of Mena Pongichua Tambo Nipa Rimbo Rimbo Yomari Danyo Doni Dopi Share of Jimmy Danyo Gomez, you could not just do it over it. Danyo Gomez won Danyo Kiao is Then the Jane Parmesan Danyom Doni Dopi Share of Mena J Tudu. So, equanimity does not rely upon the wisdom realizing emptiness. We find uh, the wisdom realizing emptiness occurs uh, if we look at it in two ways. Uh, wisdom realizing emptiness does not need equanimity, and equanimity does not need the wisdom realizing emptiness. If we look in the case of the uh, hearers and solitary realizers, they have the wisdom realizing emptiness, but they don't have uh, that state of equanimity necessarily. But if we look at the bodhisattva vehicle, we see where they have the arisal of equanimity, because equanimity is a pre-step to the achievement of bodhicitta, and, uh, and one can achieve all of those well before uh, uh, one achieves the wisdom realizing emptiness, because the mind that aspires to enlightenment, or bodhicitta, uh, occurs at the path of accumulation, where the pre-step to achieving the mind that aspires to enlightenment is equanimity. So equanimity uh, um, and the wisdom realizing emptiness uh, 
are not uh, necessary for one another to arise. so there's case two different cases. Uh, there are the cases of the Bodhisattva who has of sharp capacity, who has already realized emptiness before uh, he or she, uh, she uh, enters the uh, Bodhisattva path. So there are those of sharp capacity who, before realizing Bodhicitta, have already uh, um, realized emptiness and they don't have equanimity at that point. But then there's the opposite of the Bodhisattva who achieves equanimity, then the mind that aspires to enlightenment uh, and then eventually uh, has the wisdom realizing emptiness going through the stages of the path in that fashion. So there's two different types of Bodhisattvas, sharp and dull capacity, the sharp capacity having already realized emptiness before engaging in the Bodhisattva path and the other uh, having not realized Realized emptiness uh, and realizing it later on in the path. In uh, um, Chandrashita's ornament to the middle way, he describes two specific types of beings. Uh, those beings, uh, bodhisattvas who are of sharp capacity, who have already realized emptiness and then traverse the uh, Mahayana paths or the bodhisattva paths, uh, and then those which uh, have, are of dull capacity that uh, realize the uh, mind that aspires to enlightenment and then later on uh, realize uh, the wisdom realizing emptiness. Oh, yeah. Basically, equanimity is the pre-step to the seven-point cause and effect for achieving mind that aspires to enlightenment. The pre-step to realizing all sentient beings are our mothers. Yes? Can I have one more? Yes. Um, when uh, sentient beings are reborn, um, do they all have to go through the stages of small, medium, and large capacity, or are they born into different stages? Do they come into being as medium, or come into being as large, or do you have to go through all three? Semchen Tamche de Rimbo Sum Dro Gua de Jibo Chumo Jin Dan Chembo Rimbo Dan Drapo de Semchen Kashe de Jena de Jibo Jin. then, then a Jewang Ama, Jibuchungo, Lobjun Shema Sun. 
So it's not necessarily in the uh, in terms of going uh, through stairs or stages uh, in, through your lifetimes, uh, because uh, we have to say that there are those beings of sharp capacity uh, who, for whatever reason, can realize things very quickly. And my question was, but haven't they studied those other teachings in previous lives? And, and Rinpoche said, we can't say that with certainty. So it's not, not sure, not certain. Uh, but there are those beings of sharp <coughs> The text mentions these beings of sharp capacity who are able to immediately realize the great scope teachings. Uh, Dave did a lot of work on this house. It's come out very nice. Uh, it was worth it. Yeah, from day one he did a lot of work. From day one, from the city hall to everything, drawings, just a major amount of work. Thank you, Dave. So, so, so much. Everyone has worked so hard. Thank you. Uh, it's all for the. Uh, this work is all for the Dharma. This is Dharma work. It's virtue. Yeah. And so the time is uh, up. So we will uh, do the concluding uh, mandala offering and dedication prayer. <coughs> The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun, the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular the essential teachings of Venerable Osandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri, likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In the heavens, surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avalokiteshvara, Tenzin Yatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kenzawanda, upholder of spiritual and realizational doctrines, spiritual trend who trains extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance.